welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. In this episode, we are here with CEO of Clarity and Action Consulting, author, motivational speaker, and host of the popular podcast, Spark Your Light, Jacqueline Gallo. Jacqueline has mentored over hundreds of women, published two best-selling books, and has spoken on over 125 stages in seven countries, including the TEDx stage. She has been featured by Forbes, Elite Daily, Bustle, and Washington Business Journal, and her book has been featured on Good Morning Washington. She offers coaching on personal development, manifestation, and achieving your biggest life goals. After learning from her failures from her first business venture at the age of 21, Jacqueline built a thriving company where she helps women use their failures as a springboard to create their dream lives. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining. I, as a good podcast host, if you will, but just a person, I stalked your whole life and <laughs> super exciting. I love, love your website. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and these failures that you mentioned with your first business venture. Yeah. So when I was in college, I had a vision for what I wanted my life to look like. Like a lot of college students probably have, this vision was based on not really what my soul wanted or what my values were or what I prioritized, but more so based on what I saw, based on other people's paths, based on what I thought I was supposed to do. And I didn't really think much into that. I just decided I wanted to work in corporate America, I wanted to do marketing and I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. So when I was a junior, I landed my dream internship. <laughs> and I, that summer, did the internship. A few weeks in, I'm like, is this it? And what was scary about that feeling is I felt like I was at 80% in terms of my fulfillment. So I think people expect me to say, oh my gosh, it was horrible. I could never mm. go back one more day. That's not where most people are. Most people find themselves in a place of, this is okay. There are good things about it, but I don't feel 100% fulfilled. There's something calling me outside of this, whatever that might look like for each person is gonna be different, but it feels like there's something more out there for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it looks, but I'm scared. And the scary part about being at that 80% is human beings are more motivated to move away from pain than they are to move towards pleasure. Mm. And there's not enough pain to really move you. So it's a really scary place to be. So at first, I just pushed down those voices. I'm a really positive person. And I thought, I can see the good in this. And this is what I always wanted. Why aren't I happy? So I pushed it down for a while. And I remember really specifically every day when I would drive home, sometimes I would turn off the radio just to be alone with my thoughts because they were racing all day. And driving and when we shower are like two of the only times where we're not using technology, we're not on our phones, especially if you're talking or talking to someone, where your intuition finally has a chance to come through, where you have a chance to get quiet, to really understand what's going on inside, which is so important. And so I use that like 45 minute with traffic commute to just be quiet and listen to myself. And what I kept hearing over and over again was, I want to be an entrepreneur. I just, I loved the idea of being able to create my own goals and work towards them and bring something to the world. I didn't really care about money at the time. I didn't think 
that being an entrepreneur would make me super financially successful. But I thought this entry-level marketing job really isn't going to pay that well. So how hard could it be to replace that salary? Oh, sure. <laughs> In my head at the time, I'm like, I can do that. So I decided to pursue entrepreneurship. But the problem was I had no real business ideas. It wasn't like people on Shark Tank that you see who said, I had this problem. I solved it. I have this great product. For me, it was just like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know what to do. So long story short, I wrote down business ideas in a notebook every morning, August of that year, which was 2016. So I decided that when I went back to college for my senior year, I was just going to pick an idea and run with it. So I decided to pick these pineapple plates that encourage healthy eating. I struggled with an eating disorder in college. This was very near and dear to my heart. And long story short, the plates were a total failure. I spent $10,000 on them. I spent all the money I had in my bank account. Plus I waitressed on campus, borrowed a little bit from my parents and nobody wanted them. I realized it pretty quick. And I realized that I didn't do any market research. I started to learn some basic business lessons. And I thought, okay, I could probably do better next time. And because I was still a student, because I felt like all businesses fail one time, that's part of the process. I had enough courage to try my next idea, which was an app. So I wanted to turn some of these concepts around wellness into something more digital because lots of the problems I had with the plates were regarding the shipping and the weight of them. And I thought, app is so much easier. I don't have to ship anything. But of course, again, I didn't really understand the world I was getting into. Yeah. So I was out of money, owed my parents money. So I raised 20,000 on Kickstarter. And it sounds like a lot, but once I paid my parents back and then had to hire developers, it really wasn't much at all because a lot of developers cost six figures to make an app, let alone 15K. So I hired college students and they brought my vision to life. I rounded up a group of a few hundred women in college to beta test the app. And they're like, Jacqueline, it's not working. It's crashing in the middle of using it. It has these bugs. And I went back to my developers and they're like, we've done everything we can. So if you want to take it to someone else, like that's okay with us, but we can't really take it any further. And at this point, I felt like a complete failure. I was devastated. I wanted to give up. I thought that all of these things had happened to teach me that this wasn't meant for me, that I should just give up on my dreams, that I wasn't enough. Because there's a messaging in society that is positive that says it's okay to fail and most people fail. Hmm. But we haven't quite gotten to the place where, to where enough people are speaking up about, hey, I've failed multiple times in a row and I pick myself back up and here's how. And here's why that mattered and how that supported me and really seeing failure as a good thing because I didn't see that or hear that or I wasn't consuming content that normalized that. I felt like I was a failure and I internalized it and I wanted to give up. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I would take me with me no matter what I did next. And I felt depressed. So I didn't want to go to a job. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. So my first step was healing myself. So I spent about a month just obsessively reading any personal development book that I could get my hands on, trying to learn about how to feel happier, accept where I was in life, process this trauma that I had just experienced from these failures. And through that process, I fell in love with personal growth and this evolution of becoming a better version of myself. And I started to see piece by piece how things in my external world 
started to change because I was changing who I was and the way I felt about myself and my confidence. And as I built that, I started to realize maybe it is possible for me and maybe this failure is serving me. And I started to reflect from a different lens. And that new lens led me to seeing something that was always there, but I had never noticed before, which was speaking. So the way that I had rounded up all of these women in college was I was speaking at colleges, but I wasn't charging for it. And I was just saying, hey, can I come give a talk about this thing? And so I didn't really know what I was even doing at the time, but I couldn't see it when I was so in the depths of my sadness and feeling like a total victim. But when I zoomed out of that and I was able to pick myself back up, I realized, hey, this is something I'm really good at. This is something I like to do. What if I try this? And what happened next was really cool because I think when we are in alignment, when we're doing work that we're meant to do in the world, Mm -hmm. we start to become really magnetic really quickly. So it kind of felt like an overnight success after two and a half years of failing, of being in debt, of all these things. And then all of a sudden it was like, I put myself out there for something and I would get it. And I started speaking. I booked my first speaking tour. Then I started life coaching. Then I started building different online platforms. So it just started to grow from there. And obviously the journey is not over. I'm still in it and learning and growing every day. But it was a really beautiful lesson to teach me that the work that I'm meant to do in the world is really to help people with something I didn't have, this visibility and transparency of failure and how our failures really can lead us to where we're meant to be and how it failure doesn't mean that we should give up, but it actually means that we're getting closer. And so just seeing it differently is really like one of my main missions in the world. And that's how I got here. <laughs> no, it's perfect. When you were in those spaces, and I think this is because I'm mostly a math brain, <laughs> math and science brain person, so I love tangible I don't know, help guides. You mentioned pulling yourself out of the mess and like the confusion and the cloud. What were some practical things that you did or didn't do or created boundaries around to really see things differently? Yeah. So I think there's two parts of it. There's the emergency medicine, like you're in it, you are deep in the failure and you need to now pick yourself back up. These things are simple. It is not, let's go change the entire world. For me, I remember very vividly first day when I was like, I knew the app had failed and I had decided I wasn't going to try to raise more money and beat a dead horse. It just felt like it was time to let it go. Amongst all the crying and the not eating because of the anxiety, I decided I'm just going to take a shower and go to bed. And I think that's so profound because we don't hear that. We hear, well, get out your journal and do these 10 self-help steps. Yeah. No. When you are in it, you need to just take one step at a time taking care of yourself. And each day, it's going to get a little bit easier. And you can give yourself grace to go through that, to process that failure and what you've been going through. So after day one, then it was like, okay, day two, what can I do? And it was like, I think I'm going to try to feed my body some food that's going to nourish it. So I cooked some healthy meals and that was all I had energy for that day. And then the next day I thought, okay, I feel I can journal on how I'm feeling and just let it out. It feels like it needs to be released. And then I did that. And then the next day it was like, okay, what's next? What are some options? But I didn't get there from day one. It took me almost a week of just taking care of myself and slowing down and grounding myself to be at a level where I could even consider 
options of what might be some next steps and brainstorm a little bit. Because if I had done that brainstorm from a place of very low vibration, very negative emotions, mm-hmm. things that I would come up with, the ideas I would have would all come from that place. And that's sure. where I wanted to lead my actions from. So I think that's step one, just taking it one step at a time. Just ask yourself the question, what do I need next? And know that it's okay. You don't have to see the whole staircase, but if you climb one step, you're eventually going to get to the top. And that's a really beautiful lesson of trust and surrender yeah. and just being where you are and learning how to be present in the moment, even when the moment's not perfect. Yeah. You can't fake yourself out of that. You have to process those emotions. You have to be with them. So maybe your thing's exercise. A really great thing is how do I process my emotions? Journaling's big for me. So that's why I turned to my journal. I dumped it out. I also went for a lot of runs. I can't say I'm a huge runner. I've run a lot in my life, but I can't say it's like a daily habit. But at that time I was like, that's what I felt like I needed. Someone else might feel like I want to do yoga. Someone else might feel like I just want to go for a walk in the sunshine. Someone else might feel like I want to go on a vacation for a few days somewhere where it's warm because it's winter and I'm really cold and whatever, right? Tap in. What do you need? And just take it one step at a time, learning how to process their emotions. So that's one part of it. The other piece that I will offer that's super tangible is if you're in a more neutral place right now, it doesn't mean that things are perfect, but you feel okay. You feel emotionally grounded. You feel like maybe you've processed some of the different challenges you've faced. This is where the kind of preventative medicine comes in, where you can do daily habits that build your resilience so that you aren't as low when you hit the low, sure. but that you can bounce back faster, that you have more emotional resilience. So this is a concept that I talk about in my TEDx talk. So my TEDx is called the courage equation. And you've heard me talk about courage a little bit. It's a word I use a lot because I think when we fail the thing that it really takes inside of our heart to pick us back up is courage. That's the word that really feels strong for me in my heart. And so I've looked at what was it in that moment that allowed me to get back up? Despite all of those tangible things I've shared, what was it inside of me? Because those were outside of me things. And Everyone can probably think back to a time in their life that maybe was a difficult season. And you might feel now that it's hard to go back to those emotions once you've moved through them. And so that's how I felt at first, trying to look back. Where was I? How did I feel? And what thoughts was I thinking? And so what I did was, because I journal a lot, I actually went in my journals. And I fortunately had journal entries from now it's six years ago when I was in that moment and I read them. And I highlighted them. And I, what are the themes? What are the patterns? Like a researcher, just yeah. my own researcher of my own thoughts, just yeah. to figure out for me, how can I build my resilience and what can I share with others from these experiences? And what I found was, well, there was majority pain. Majority of my writing was sadness, frustration, desperation, depression. There were parts of it once in a while that were filled with hope. And it would say things like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if I can do this, but I don't want to give up on myself. Mm. But I know deep down there's something more out there for me. And I looked back on this and what I realized was that I had tons of fear. And so the myth of being fearless, clearly proven that it's a myth. Yeah. But what I also had was self-belief. And I feel that I had just a little bit more self-belief than fear. And that's what created my courage. So the courage equation is courage equals belief greater than fear. So then 
the preventative medicine, the resilience building comes in building the self-belief because in each moment, if you have just a little bit more self-belief than fear, you will act with courage. So lots of ways to build self-belief. It's really about building your resilience. Some of my favorite, super simple, tangible habits. The first is affirmations. I think they are completely underrated. People love to write them off and say they don't work. And then when I talk to people about what were you doing? What were your habits like? And why did it feel like it didn't work? They don't really understand affirmations and how to use them, the science behind them. And so when we really dig into it and people who actively practice affirmations in the right way, they work for them and it rewires your brain. Our brain's language is repetition yeah. and we can rewire our brain through repetition. It's just simple as that. So when I say the right way, what I mean is it doesn't support you to say an affirmation that feels completely untrue to you because you're not creating that mind-body connection in your body. It feels like a lie in your brain. You're trying to convince your mind that it's the truth and it's not really supportive. So that's where a lot of people go wrong. So what I recommend is bridge affirmations or starting with a small piece of the affirmation. So let's say we're talking about money and you're like, I want to make a million dollars a year. Amazing. But if you say right now, I am a millionaire, that might feel like so, it just doesn't feel true at all. It feels so far off. But if you say something like, I am in the process of building a six-figure company or I am in the process of building a six-figure income, you might be able to get behind that because okay, six figures is one-tenth of the way there. And eventually you can just keep building that. And two, you didn't say you were there now. It doesn't feel like you're lying to yourself. And once your brain starts to wire that neural path that believes you're in the process of it, what happens is your reticular activating system, which is the filtering system in our brain, will start to filter for things that align with your thoughts and beliefs. Therefore, it will filter for opportunities that are gonna help you get closer to that six figures. Things that were maybe always there but you didn't quite see. That's why it often feels like things are falling into your lap. That's why I felt like I had that quick success because now my beliefs were different about who I was and what I was creating. And therefore I got different results. So love affirmations as a way to build self-belief. My favorite affirmations, I am capable of anything I set my mind to. That is number one. If I could give one belief to everyone in the entire world, that's the belief I would give. It is so life-changing. I also love, I can do hard things. That's really great for resilience. Yeah. And to pair that with a physical hard thing that you're going to do to challenge yourself is another great daily or weekly resilience building habit. So I always tell people just one time a week, do a workout that's hard, that pushes you, that challenges you, that you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can finish this thing. I don't know if I can do it. And doesn't take a lot of time. If you aren't a runner, try to go run one mile. But by the end of it, it's going to be really hard, right? Sure. If you can't do a push-up, just try to do one push-up. Then once you can do one, try to do five, right? I love going to classes, being in an environment where other people are doing the thing and it challenges you. So I'm big fan of spin class or yoga class, but anything that feels challenging. And then you can pair your affirmations with your action. So when I am in Soul Cycle and they say, push your pace past the beat. And I'm like, I can't even put one more pedal stroke <laughs> on this bike, but I'm telling myself, no, Jacqueline, you can do hard things. You are resilient. This is temporary. This is 10 seconds. You can do anything for 10 seconds. And then I do it. And I think, holy crap, whatever this week throws at me, it might be hard, but I'm okay. Because in here, I know I can do it. And so I'm a huge advocate for hard things. I love exercise because there's endorphins associated with it. 
Yeah. If you're not a big exercise person, you can also take a cold shower. There's lots of things you can do that are uncomfortable that are going to force you to have that inner dialogue of I can do hard things. And that I love that brain body connection of I'm doing the physical thing, but also I'm like thinking these thoughts that help support this new identity and your identity. Sure. So those are a few resilience building habits, self-belief building, but whatever it is you do, you just want to think, does this help me feel more confident in myself? And if it does, do it, whether it's wearing the outfit or doing the routine, whatever it is that works for you, that's really yeah. what matters. Focus on that self-belief. I love that. You wrote a book. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I've written two books. I'm working on my third. So my first book I wrote actually when I was like starting my first business, I'm like crazy. And I was like, I'm going to try to write a book. And I took this class in college and my professor basically told us that he was going to start this publishing company and we were going to be guinea pigs. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Half the class dropped. They were like, this book thing is not for us. And I thought this is a fantastic opportunity, but I was a terrible writer. Genuinely. I love to talk about this because I, I love to tell people there's a difference between innate natural skills that you're born with gifts and talents from God or the divine or whatever you believe in that you're meant to share in the world. And those are amazing. And you should listen to those, tap into those. And I believe that speaking is one of mine. And there's also gifts that can be developed. So people are like, I want to do this, but I'm not so good at that. I wasn't good at writing. Like, you do, I don't like when people look at successful people and think, but they're so good at X, Y, or Z. So that's why I'm here to raise my hand and say, I was terrible. My parents, I remember when I wrote my college essays, they're like, this is, these are so bad. Like you need to go to your teachers and ask for help because no one's going to accept you to college. Yeah. And when I told them I was writing a book, my mom's exact words, and I have the most supportive, encouraging, we'll do anything for a kid's mom. But she said, gosh, Jacqueline, I would feel more confident if you said you were running for president because that's how I'm not going to write. But the great thing is with practice, you can become good at anything. It's just like yeah. when I first learned to drive or ride a bike. It truly is amazing that we can become good at any skill. So that's how I became good at writing. I wrote many drafts of that first book and I finally got a draft into the world that I was proud of. It's called The Cuss Method and it's all about how to stop binge eating and have a healthier relationship with food inspired by my struggles with binge eating disorder. I interviewed a lot of food researchers and psychologists and dietitians and just share different perspectives that are really supportive to healing that. So that's really fun. And I'm really proud of that because it's always like a soft spot in my heart. And then in 2019, when I started to see like the really overnight success, I was like, I need to write about this. What are the things? And in that book, I wrote about all of the things I stopped doing. So it's called Stop Getting in Your Own Way to create the business success. So it's really for entrepreneurs, goal-driven women who want to let go of the limiting beliefs, the bad habits that are holding them back. And then my current book is all about enjoying the journey. So I'm in this new phase of, hey, there's always another goal and I've achieved so many. And I've realized that if you keep putting your happiness in the next goal, you'll never be happy. And it really holds you back from achieving your goals. Sure. So I've decided to bottle up this feeling of peace and joy with where I am and put it into a book. So that's what I'm working on now. I love that. I love that. And also, I think that just continues to be a, I don't know, common theme of failing into success, if that makes sense. But also saying yes to the challenge, just simply saying yes to the challenge and like allowing the work to happen, I feel like is so hard because we are told or we've seen or whatever from gurus or what we've been told or grown up with or what have you that 
success looks like this, or we have to show up like this simple A plus B equals C that, and that's the only cookie cutter way, which is not freaking true. It's just not true. And exactly who you are, where you are is exactly where you should be. And it's encouraging to hear that more of that messaging is out in the world, especially for first time entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs or men been in the game for forever and never felt that they had the permission mm. <laughs> to fail and sit in it for a little bit and work on themselves for a bit and then move on and move through. And I am just encouraged by your work and your honesty. And it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I'll say that. Share it. I feel like I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so right. When you step into that and when you feel that, I don't know, fuzzy feeling of like when you, what you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing, it feels like unlike anything else, things happen as they're supposed to and things fall into place. Then you start to see more blessings and manifestations and all these things show up and it's freaking magic. And it's really awesome when you get there. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And I love seeing it for other people too. Yeah. Like, hey, like this really is real. Like when you are in alignment and just like mm -hmm. trusting your intuition and your heart and your desires, things work out. Yeah. And sometimes they don't always work out the way you wanted them to, but they later work out better. And just trusting yeah. that, learning how to trust that I think is so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's get into the speed round of our episode. So I'm going to ask you just some fun, silly questions just to learn a little bit more about you. What is one of your, you mentioned a couple of them, but maybe what are maybe silly ways that you take care of yourself, mind, body, soul. So that could be TV you love or silly books or like fun activities you do with your friends. What are, yeah, just fun ways that you fill your cup up. Yeah, definitely lots of time with family, big family person, live like within 10 minutes of my family and my husband's family. So that's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's not silly. I love baths. My husband says that they're gross because yes. I'm all about the bath. And yeah, me too. And so that's feels silly when my husband tells me like, that's gross. You're an adult. And I'm like, this is the most relaxing thing in the entire Absolutely. world. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I am at multiple baths. Sometimes I'll take them in the morning, which is lovely. <laughs> like keep it dark. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. And I would say the last one would be like just sunshine. Mm. Just getting in the sunshine as much as I can, even in the winter. Yeah. Like yeah. I will wear my jacket and my scarf and just try to get some sunshine on my skin. Yeah, I love that. What is a book or TV show you or a movie series or something that you are just obsessed with right now? Ooh, right now. I'm reading Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Have you ever read that? I actually, someone that is on my list. Someone actually told about that book God, maybe two weeks ago. Maybe this is a sign for you. That's a sign. Yeah. I really like it. It's taken me like quite a while to get through because it's like really dense, but it is mind blowing to really go deep into the neuroscience. And then also the practice of meditation that he teaches. It's really fun. And I've been like incorporating it in small ways. So I would say Love that is the current thing. Love that. So I don't know if you've heard, but I have won the pretend lottery and I have a plane ticket and $10,000. Where are you going and how are you spending the money? 
Oh, well, I hope this is going to get me far because 10,000 sounds like a lot, but my vision <laughs> is Bora Bora in those little huts. I've been only, yeah. I think I saw that on The Bachelor when I was like 12. Yeah. But I'm, I am going there. And my husband always says, but there are huts in the Caribbean. It's way closer. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, but. They're not the same huts. But they're not the same huts. I feel that. Yeah, I feel like uh, the Maldives is on my list. Yeah, yeah exactly. Something to, but it's like 40 hours of travel. I know. It's crazy. To get out there. So you need a day and a half before and after. I know. It's <laughs> insane. I'm all for it, though. Let's do it. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> so, if Jacqueline, if someone wants to get in touch with you, learn more of your services, where can they find you? Yeah. So I hang out a lot on Instagram. I'm at Jacqueline double underscore Gallo. And my website is JacquelineGallo.com. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. But everyone listening, we will see you next time. to Savvy Booked and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash yes. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy Book and Bless. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. We definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.